I want to speak to you this morning about blessing, which is unusual for me uh, in some ways, and because that has connotations in the church when you speak about blessing. But I hope to focus this morning, and I'm going to speak about blessing, I'm going to speak about prayer, and I'm going to, I want us to learn this morning to pray with a purpose, and the purpose is that we pray for is that we would be a God would bless us so we can be a blessing to everybody else. Amen? Okay, so I'm, I'm back now. So I'm going to be Pentecostal and please respond with loud yeses and amens. All right? Okay. So it really is a privilege. And as, as Helen said, it was a privilege to be away. It's a great privilege to come back. And it's been refreshing for us in so many ways. And we do feel encouraged and ready for this um, this next season. So just to also say thank you to everyone who prayed for us. Thank you to everyone who blessed us with gifts. And we are so, we so love and appreciate your kindness to us uh, and your love that you've shown in such practical ways. And thank you too for, to the elders, the trustees, the staff who made our sabbatical possible and really made it an amazing time. So thank you again, each and every one of you. We so appreciate your kindness and your love towards our family. And uh, over the next couple of um, months. I'm sure I'm going to be sharing some of the things that we felt while we were away. And I said last week that it really was a time to be refreshed, uh, to reflect on things, and then to press the reset button. And we are coming back, and we are pressing the reset button on a number of things. And um, that's not uh, in any way sinister. <laughs> it's just to say we feel like God said, press the reset button and we're going to do that. We're going to, we're going to try and reset some things in our own lives and in, in the ministry of the church. Why? So Because we've got 10 more years that we need to plow ahead and see God do what he wants to do. And so some of that vision I'll unpack over the next uh, couple of weeks. But I think what we found most interesting uh, as we were processing things as a couple is to acknowledge that as we were doing that, we were going through a whole series of emotions. And first of all, we just felt completely tired and flat. And we thought, we, we must be depressed. For about the first two weeks, we slept in every day. We didn't want to get out of bed. We read until midday. We went to the beach. We were like, just, and then I, we had to come to the point of feeling okay with that and just acknowledging that we really were tired and I think all of us after the last two years uh, of COVID and all that meant and the after effects of that and now we've gone through a whole political upheaval in the country we went, before we left there was still all the, the race going on to see who was the next PM and uh, we came back there was a new prime minister before when we left Elizabeth was still on the throne we came back Charles is now on the throne uh, it's like so much change, which is stressful in so many ways. Um, and all these things, we had to just acknowledge that in our own lives, we were feeling the effects of trying to encourage everybody over the last two years in terms of keeping going through COVID, etc. And so we just had to be okay that we didn't have to feel anything. We didn't have to come up with vision. We could just relax and let God refresh us by His Spirit. And gradually, over a period of weeks in that first month, we began to feel more refreshed and slowly to hear that still small voice again that we know and we love. The Holy Spirit began to speak, began to whisper, we began to talk, and slowly God began to renew our vision in terms of what He wants us to do with you here in the future of the church. And so thirdly, 
the inevitable consequence of that is when you start to dream again and you start to believe for great things, you kind of come to this point of having to fight back um, in added feelings of anxiety and, and inadequacy because inevitably you have to ask the question, God, how is all of this going to happen? How is this going to happen? It seems too big. It seems too much. And yet uh, I love to remind myself that it seems impossible, then it's just difficult, and then it's done. That's how God works, isn't it? He gives us faith for things that seem impossible, and then we acknowledge they're difficult, and we have to go through a time of working with Him, and then suddenly the thing we were dreaming about is done. And, so, and He's completed what He wanted us to do. And so it was during this time that uh, I got an email as I was thinking about stuff, and it was from Paul and Bridget Scoose, who are not here today because um, they, they had a blessing of their marriage yesterday, which I did in Harpenden with um, Johnny and Alex. And uh, they asked me to facilitate the, 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 the marriage. And what they wanted to, to do is to have me preach out of Psalm 67, which was an unusual psalm to preach at a wedding. But it's a special passage for them. And as, as I began to prepare and think, and I came back from this time away, this psalm, God ministered to me in terms of my own life and what I'm trusting Him for and for our family and our boys and our marriage and this church. And it was from this foundation that I want to speak to you this morning. This really has become something that I want to, again, unashamedly encourage you to pray for blessing on your life. And I'm praying for blessing on my life, my family, this church, and our future together. And this psalm so beautifully tells us why we should pray for God's blessing. Okay, you see, that's why I said sometimes blessing is controversial in the church. Because I want to define what I mean by blessing this morning. So let's read. If you've got uh, your phone or your Bible, uh, it'll come up on the screen. Psalm 67, I'm reading from the NIV. It says this. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine on us so that all your ways may be known on earth and your salvation amongst all nations. May the peoples praise you, God. May all the people praise you. May the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you rule the peoples with equity and guide the nations of the earth. May the people praise you, O God. May the peoples praise you. The land yield its harvest, God. Our God blesses us. May God bless us still so that all the ends of the earth will fear him. Wow. What a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful psalm. Here, the psalm, the psalmist's begins by asking God to bless his people. Now, when, when you think of blessing, what do you think of? Perhaps um, maybe you say grace before your meal and you bless God for his um, provision in your life. My friend Terry, who lives in America, now he, 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 he got tired of saying grace, and so he would just bring all his groceries into the kitchen once a week and pray blessing over them, say, God bless these groceries. <laughs> And that's what he did instead of saying a blessing before the meal. Or um, what about, you know, we've just come back from this amazing, amazing, amazing holiday. And uh, um, there's this little voice in my mind saying to me, count your blessings. Yes? 
Count your blessings. Be aware of the good thing that God has done in your life. Maybe you think of blessing in the sense of um, maybe you gave money to a homeless person or a charity, and they said when they received that money, they said, bless you. Maybe, um, maybe you think of priests in uh, royal robes, in, in black robes, saying, bless you, my child, when you think of the word blessing, if you come from that background. Uh, my, my eldest brother, Tim, was with us um, for a week, or a couple of weeks ago, and his eldest son lives in Ireland. And they had their first child during lockdown, so it was the first opportunity that my brother had to come and see his grandson, and he's already two years old. Isn't that a weird thing? But they brought, they brought us a, a little cloth, an Irish blessing. You know, you get those in the tourist shops. And this one said this, May the roof above us never fall in. Amen. And may the friends gathered below never fall out. Absolutely. It's a kind of blessing, isn't it? Or this, you might have heard this more traditional one. I can't do an Irish accent. We were trying to practice, but it didn't work. All right. Let's try. May the road rise up before you. May the wind always be at your back. I can't do it. But anyway, may the sun shine upon your face, the rain fall upon your fields, and until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hands. This is a traditional Irish blessing. And Psalm 67 starts in the same way. It starts with the psalmist saying, God bless us. It's a corporate prayer of thanksgiving and praise, and it starts with this declaration, God bless us. But please notice God doesn't, the, the psalmist makes it specific immediately. It's not about being selfish. It's not about God bless us all with Ferraris. Bless us all with huge houses. Bless us all with a massive pension so we don't have to worry about anything ever again. It's not that kind of prayer. It is immediately God it says in verse 2, God bless us. Why? The reason is there in the second verse. So that your ways may be known on all of the earth and your salvation amongst all the nations. Come on. It's about others that we want to see God's blessing on our lives so we can share that and give that away to everybody, every nation on the face of the planet. That is why Clive is going to Nepal. Why? Because God has always in our hearts, in the DNA of this church, is we want to be a base church that blesses other people, that sends out people with a heart for the gospel to be a blessing all over the world, in St. Albans, in the surrounding area, in Europe, in the, to the ends of the earth, wherever we can, we want to be a blessing. We want to take the gospel and declare it that Christ is king all over the world. Amen? That's what it's about. It's about being a blessing. And so it says that your ways may be known on earth and your salvation amongst all the people. I said yesterday that my dad, who died recently, as you know, um, he really modeled how to pray blessing in our family. And he would always pray for our, our family, the church that he led, my brothers and I, he would pray, God bless you. And we always used to joke about it because towards the end of his life, when he, he, he died with dementia, he couldn't remember much. But his default at the end of his life was to pray blessing on people. And so I was there towards the end in the, in the, in the home that he was and all the nurses were around. And he would play, bless you, my dear. 
May God bless you. May God's face shine upon you. It was the default of who he was. Couldn't help it. It was there, deeply rooted. When everything else was muddled and fuzzy, one thing in you, God wanted to bless people. And he would speak blessing of others. So I do the same. And perhaps you're bored of me closing the meetings all the time by saying, God bless you. God be gracious to you. God be kind to you. God make his face to shine upon you and give you peace. But I'm going to do it until I die. We want God's blessing for you, for your life. And so <laughs> my dad would bless anything that moved. And that's a good thing. Let's bless anything that moves. But what does it mean for God to bless us? Well, I want to just take these phrases in the scripture and unpack them and add them on top of each other so that you get a good idea of what it means for God to bless us. The first thing, may God bless. You know, the Psalms were really songs that were supposed to be sung with stringed instruments, just like a worship song. All the Psalms were really songs. And so just uh, as worship songs sometimes have poetic and strange lyrics, this seems to be a little bit of a strange lyric, doesn't it? God bless you and make his face shine upon you. That can seem like a strange image to us as modern day readers. But the two things are connected. God's blessing and his face shining on us is connected. And the concept of God shining his face on us comes from Moses and his experience with God on Mount Sinai. Do you remember? It says that God, uh, that God would meet directly with Moses at the tent outside the camp. Do you remember that? Exodus uh, 33, 11, it says, The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Man, I love that. What a beautiful way to describe the relationship that God had with Moses. It's like God would say, Moses, let's have a cup of tea. Come to the, come to the tent of meeting. I want to meet with you. We're going to chat. And they would talk like friends in the tent of meeting. And then we know from the story that after Moses was doing that regularly, he came back one day and the people had made a golden calf and they were worshiping this idol and God was really angry. And so he threatened to leave Israel for their idolatry. But Moses intercedes. He has a special intercession for the people and pleads for God to have mercy and promises that God would promise not to leave them. And so after, after he's done that, he, he asks God for a demonstration that God is going to do what he said he's going to do. And he asks God to show him his glory. He cries out to the, Moses and says, God, show me your glory. I'm not going to leave this place until you've shown me your glory so that I know you're going to do what you've said. And um, in response, God does reveal himself to Moses, but not in a full way. And this is what I want to... Uh, Show you Exodus 33, verse 19 says, God speaking, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you. I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But, says God, you cannot see my face, for no one can see me and live. And so this God speaking directly to Moses. So perhaps when Moses um, talks about speaking with the Lord face to face. He was somehow speaking to 
uh, I can only describe it as maybe the subdued presence of God. Not the fullness, the power, complete power of God, but something of who God was. Some people believe that um, when God was speak, meeting with Moses, it was a pre-incarnate form of Jesus who was meeting with Moses in the tent. Uh, some people believe that. Um, we know from other other portions of scripture like 1 John and John and John 6 1 Timothy 6 that the scripture says no one can see the fullness of God and live and that's why for Jewish people even the word Yahweh is so holy that you don't say it you when you spell it you spell it with letters missing it's too holy and so Jewish, Jewish people um, believe that as well so that to see God in this fullness is impossible but here at Sinai, Moses does catch a glimpse of who God is as well because it says um, God does pass by uh, Moses in Exodus 33 verse 21, but he doesn't see his face fully. He sees his back. And uh, just that is enough to transform Moses completely. And in Exodus 34, when he comes down from Mount Sinai with the tablets after he's um, taken the covenant and, and, and written the covenant down, it says he comes down from the mountain and he's not aware that his whole being, his whole face is shining. And the people are so afraid that they see this radiance coming out from Moses that they are absolutely terrified. And so Moses then covers his face with a veil so that they wouldn't see the fullness of what is shining out of him. The radiance of God's glory because he's been in God's presence. And that completely impacts the whole community. And we know that because then when God tells Aaron, he says, this is how you should pray for the people after this amazing experience that Moses has. Number 623, uh, this is what God says. Tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are to bless the people. Say to them, the Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you. The Lord be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Isn't that beautiful? So this is the thing. The face of God is connected to the blessing of God. The blessing of God is seeing his face. That's the blessing. That's what we're praying for. In other words, when we ask God to bless us, we're asking God to be so present with us, so part of our lives, so in us in a real and personal way that we would begin to show his compassion, his mercy, his character, his power through our lives. So when God is in us and he shows up in our lives, it changes us and it changes other people. That's what we're praying for when we're praying, God bless us. We want God's presence in our lives in that tangible way. Have you ever met anyone who's such an amazing believer that you feel that they are shining? I have met a couple of people like that who are so kind of full of God's grace and kindness that their faces shine when they speak to you. That's a beautiful thing. That's the face of God transforming our faces. So that when people see us, they see God's kindness and goodness in our face. And I want to be kind and say, if we really are born again and full of joy and full of the power of the Holy Spirit, surely it should show on our face. Yes? Not, how are you? I'm really good, thanks you. I'm doing great. God is so good, man. 
Um, Helen says to me, smile, and I do smile all the time, but you can't see it. My mustache gets in the way, but I am smiling, all right? I am smiling. Have you ever been in your life so super stressed about something, and then suddenly you spend time in prayer, and it, you come out of that time of prayer, you just feel relaxed, you feel God is with me. Well, that's the face of God changing you when you're in His presence. When we're in worship, we want to meet with the face of God. We want to, His presence to be with us so it can transform us. That when we walk out of this place, we walk different. We walk full of the joy of the Lord and with grace. So the face of God transforms us and changes us. So this psalm, which is really this corporate psalm of prayer and thanksgiving, we know that also as we encounter God through the Holy Spirit, as we worship together, we listen to the God's word, we're transformed by his word, he directs us completely to him, the living Christ. And most clearly we see all of this in the person of Jesus. We see God's love, his compassion, his mercy, most clearly as we gaze upon the cross and remember what Jesus did for us. And you know, there's such power in that simple little song that we teach our children. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. What do the words say? Look full into his wonderful face. And the things of the earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. It's saying the same thing. It's saying you, we need to lift our eyes and fully embrace the presence of God like Moses did. Face to face. Not the fullness of God. But as we do that, his presence comes, transforms us, and we are changed. And we live differently because his presence is in us. Do you notice this? Secondly, it says, may God bless us. Do you notice the language is always about the community? It's all about us. Every word in that, that portion that we read, every phrase is directed towards us, the peoples. May God be gracious to us. May all the peoples praise you. May all the nations praise you. It's never just me-centered. It's always other-centered. It's always us together. And so I want to pray a blessing on every single business in this community, every single marriage in this community. Why? Because God wants to bless us, all of us together, so that his kingdom can come. And through God blessing us, we can be a blessing with what we have to other people. That's what it's about. What a cool thing. It's always about community. And then it's the, it defines it even more. May God bless us so that all the world may know him. Verse 2. Now that's pretty amazing because did you know the Jewish people were not missionary? Jewish uh, communities have never been missionary. Why? Because you can't, you're either born a Jew or you're born a Gentile. That's it. You can convert to Judaism, but the Jewish communities are not known for being missional in that sense. And that's why this prayer is so amazing. Because through this prayer, the psalmist is saying, God, through your people, we want the whole world to be blessed. Isn't that amazing? And so here, he's asking God to make his presence known amongst people so that all the peoples of the earth can be saved, Jews and Gentiles alike. And the goal of all of this is to share God's blessing with the whole world. And if we look at our forefather, if we look at the first Christian that there was before Jesus came, do you remember who he was? Abraham, the first person to live by faith, the first person to believe God. And that believing God was credited to him as 
righteousness that made him right with God because he believed by faith and he walked by faith. What does God promise Abraham? The same thing. Look what he says in Genesis 12, verse 2. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. Notice the language again. I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those that bless you. And whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the people on the earth will be blessed through you. Abraham, same heart, same language, same everything. And so just like Abraham, just like God's people, Israel, God wants to bless us. His church, every one of us, so that we can tell others about what he's done. How he's changed us, how he's transformed us, how he's given us hope, how he's given us a future, every good thing that he's blessed with us. And so when we are changed by Jesus, my prayer is that as we've changed by Jesus and transformed from the inside out, when we speak to others about Christ and what he's done, when people look at our faces, they will catch a glimpse of the shining glory of Jesus shining out of us. You think that's impossible? I hope not. I hope that's by the power of the Spirit. We see that starting to happen. That people can see on our faces the glory of God shining to all who will see it. And so I want to say to you that um, I love telling the story of our church. Because um, according to the psalm, that's a form of evangelism. It's God's way of evangelizing. Do you know the story of this church? Do you know how we started? We started in Watford 22 years ago in our home. Seven years later, God transplanted us here into the St. Albans and blessed us with this building. And the church has been on an amazing journey. It's an amazing story. And most of all, it's an amazing story of God's faithfulness. And if you haven't heard it already, I'd like to tell it to you because it's a story of God's blessing. It's a story of God's kindness. And it's one of the reasons that we do need to count our blessings is that as Christians, when we do count our blessings, we give God the credit. We say, it's not about me. It really is about God. And let me tell you what God has done for me. Let me tell you about his blessing in my life. And as we do that and tell others about what he's done, it's a demonstration to others of God's presence and his working in our lives. And that why we, that's why we should count our blessings. And so I want to challenge you this week to think of ways how God is answering your prayer in your life. How God has been good to you. And I know many of you have gone through difficult things. You've, there's some people who have lost uh, loved ones in their lives. There's some people that are looking for work and employment. There's been such a lot of sickness. I understand that. But God still is good and he's blessing us. And I want to encourage you to find the ways and remember the ways that God is blessing you. And tell someone else in your family, your extended family, your friends, how God is blessing you. Because it's a, it's a way of evangelizing and saying, God is good. Why? So that all the world will know that God is good. That's the point. That all the world will know that God is good. And it says that all the peoples will praise him. That through our testimony, there's acknowledgement of God's goodness that causes people to praise him. Notice verse 3 and 5. Uh, in my translation, they're exactly the same phrase. May the peoples praise you, God. May all the peoples praise you. Verse 3 and verse 5. That's because this is a, a Hebrew poem called an inclusio. It's when a psalm uses uh, two 
sentences that are exactly the same, like bookends, verse 3 and verse 5. And it's trying to draw your attention to what's in the middle, the middle verse. That's why the verses are repeated like bookends. And what is at the center? The center is all about praise. That's what the psalmist is trying to draw attention to. Oh, it's all about praise. May everyone praise you. May we speak of your blessings so that everyone will praise you. Right at the center. The center tells us it's about everybody, the nations praising God. For you rule people with equity and guide the nation of the nations of the earth. And when people hear through our testimony of how good God is and how kind He is and how He blesses us and provides for us in every way, it's meant to win people into God's community, into the kingdom, so that people can see and know that He is who He says He is. That's what it's about. Have you ever had a conversation with someone who says, I don't believe in God? How could a good God allow such evil in the world? How could a good God allow suffering, cancer, pollution, genocide, disease, the pollution of the planet, all these things? How could a good God allow that? What I want to say to you, friends, perhaps as Christians, we need to take a little bit of ownership for the way that people view God. Because if you and I are not telling them about the good things that God does... For ordinary people, how they're ever going to hear. If they're not hearing from you and not hearing from me about his goodness and his kindness, how he intervenes in our lives in the midst of all the suffering, how are they ever going to know that God is good unless we tell him? That's why I'm saying speaking about God's goodness is a basic form of evangelism. If we need to, we, we, we should be pointing out God's presence and blessing to those around us because they're not going to see it on their own. So whenever God heals someone, Let's tell, testify of God's goodness. When God provides, when our finances, when our mortgage payment is due and our finances are low, let's testify to God's goodness. Yes, He provided. When someone who's been um, forgiven of their sin and the guilt is removed and they come to faith, let's celebrate with all of that we have and tell people of the good things that God has done. What about when God cures people of their self-centeredness and their pride? Well, let's tell others that he's done this. You see, God shows up in the big things. He shows up in the small things. And we need to tell everyone because we want them to acknowledge that and to praise Jesus themselves. That's what it's about. And that brings us to the last verses. May God bless us and meet our needs so that all the world may know and praise him. You see, the last verses speak about the harvest, don't they? They speak about the land yielding its harvest and the whole earth fearing him and I love this because sometimes when we talk about uh, I just want to say fear there means uh, awe and reverence not fearing God but holding him in, in reverence and I love how this verse pulls us back to the practical and back to the reality because if we say it's all about the face of God and his presence that can seem very wonderful and it is but it can seem a little bit intangible sometimes isn't it it's a kind of, well, I'm a real person living in the real world. But God here is saying, when he talks about the harvest in the land, he's talking about practical things. He, he does provide for us spiritually, but to be in his presence is also to be God dealing and providing for the details of our lives, the human needs that we have, the harvest that we need. And he wants to provide practically so that we can testify that he provides 
practically, and it can be a demonstration to everybody else. And so I've mentioned God healing our sickness, but he's also the God of the everyday. He's the God of the practical. He, he, when God provides for our material needs, we should praise him. Amen? And so as we start this school year, as we start this ministry year, let's just once again reflect and praise God for all that he's done in the last two years to give us all that we need for our lives and ministry. And he's provided for us incredibly in the midst of an economy that has been up and down. God has been faithful to us as his people. Amen? And so in the same way, let's trust him as we go forward, that he'll continue to provide for every single family and in this new year and this church as a community so that we can do all that he's called, called us to do in the life of the church. May God bless us and meet our needs so that all the world may know him and praise him. And so to finish, we're going to sing the blessing just now, that beautiful song, asking for God's blessing. But I want us to pray together now. I want you to think of one thing that you can think of right now, how God has blessed you in the last six months. And I want you to share that with the person next to you or behind you. And I want you to pray God's blessing for them. And whatever you've received, the good thing that you've received in your life, you give that away and ask God to do the same for someone else in this community. Amen? So we're just going to do that. We're going to spend a moment praying for each other. Uh, and I, I trust that you'll be comfortable to do that, right? So if you're sitting next to a family member or friend, just share something that God has blessed in your life and then pray for them that they would know God's blessing as well. Yeah, and fathers. Do you want to add anything to that? No. Okay, so let's pray for others this morning. We're going to just take a couple of moments, and then we're going to ask Johnny to lead us, and we're going to sing together as we finish. But let's just take a moment to pray for each other. Let's pray God's blessing.